Welcome everyone to another episode of Kiwi Talks. I have in the building the man who started it all. <laughs> he's been there since the Genesis with me, and now he's back. I'd like to welcome Dr. Hayden. Greetings, everybody. Hello. Hello. Hi, Reese. Hello. How are we doing? All righty. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, obviously, we have to get the music out of the way first yeah. before we go down the rabbit hole, as, yeah. as we did last time. Yeah, the rabbit hole oh, goes very long. Yes, so, uh, it yeah. does. It does. So you got a new album out, Autopsy. Yes. yes. I just put that out this week. It should be up on iTunes, I think, tomorrow, Spotify tomorrow. It's available on Bandcamp for free at the moment. You can download it there if you like it. Throw throw some cash money at me. If not, <laughs> all good, because I understand, yeah, money's hard to come by. So It is in these days, bro. So how um, how the name come about? Why did you choose um, Autopsy? First, I just thought it was a really cool name because I like medical stuff. And yep. uh, I, I saw that and I was like, I think it was one of the lines from uh, one, of, one of the tracks I was working on. It, it was perform an autopsy on myself. It's like kind of dissecting yourself after you're dead. And I've had a bunch of low times and shit like that. So I was just like, I, I felt that was really kind of a perfect way to sum it up. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it, it just came from that. And then... Um, yeah, pretty much most of the songs on the album are pretty dark and it's a lot of like introspective kind of just me kind of working things out in my own head. And um, yeah, so it's kind of like an autopsy <laughs> of, every, <laughs> of everything I've done. Yeah, and, yeah. Mm. Oh, sweet, right? And so like what was what was the inspiration in terms of the production? Uh, I just had, you know, I got like 200 beats that I've made probably since the last time we talked. So those, yeah, those yeah. are my favorite ones of there. I, you know, some beats are like super cool and banging, but it just didn't fit the vibe of um, some tracks. So I just held those ones off. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, they were just, yeah, just some of my favorite beats from the... Uh, from the stuff that I made. I definitely think it was better than the last one. Oh, thanks, man. And that's not saying your last one was bad. I'm just saying no, no, it's, no. it's better. It's like the evolution of it. Oh, that's that's really cool. Because, yeah, even one thing I noticed on this one is I was listening back to it and then listening to the album I did before that. And yeah. I'm not yelling as much because <laughs> on the last one, I recorded like freaking loud, man. I was like pretty much yelling at the mic. Yeah. And this one, I was like, oh, it sounds like I popped a Valium or something before I did all the takes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and did you record in the same place? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in my in my uh, grand old bedroom. Nice. Yep. Got all the uh, the blankets and stuff on the wall. And then, uh, yeah, so budget baby. Budget baby. You got to do it when you're broke as hell, though. Well, that's, I think, the the case for every musician mm. pretty much unless you got some big money thrown at you and people are paying for producers and studio time and all that that all comes out of your own pocket you know yeah, so yeah. make every penny count i think a lot of the money these days that musicians make is either from touring or merchandise oh completely yeah you but, don't make money from sales but you used to until, yeah. until the old mp3 came along yeah bloody what? napster yeah damn you lars ulrich you were right now <laughs> <laughs> But the, 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 since the whole paradigm changed, people, you know, because back back in the day, like if you heard a song on the radio, you're like, oh, this is fresh. I really like this. You'd have to go out and buy the album if you wanted to hear that. Yeah. And half the times, a lot of the songs I heard, like I, I remember going to the the record store and buying, uh, what was it, Lil Troy? I want to be a baller. Yeah. That whole album is hot garbage. It's yeah. fucking terrible. But that song was really catchy. It's not like you can return a CD to the store saying, hey, this sucks. But nowadays, if I heard that song, 
I could check out the whole album. I could download it for free and be like, yeah, this dude sucks. I like that song. But yeah, uh, yeah. But so the rest of it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. But do you get, because uh, obviously you get your stats and everything. Like, do you, do you see any pattern with the statistics that you get from, like, Spotify and YouTube and yeah, whatever? They're, they're all real low. <laughs> Dude, I, I still, think, that, I I still haven't cracked, every musician, bro. I still haven't cracked the, uh, the, the thousand plays to be acknowledged on, um, on Spotify, which is I think gutting. It, you, have to, um, you have to be in playlists and stuff, I think. Yeah, exactly. And uh, people have mentioned that to me, and I'm like, okay, sweet. I just need to find a couple playlists to get on there. And I've submitted um, submitted stuff to a couple playlists, but I guess maybe they weren't vibing on it or whatever. I think I ended up on that Xseed dude, his playlist, and I think it stayed there for a little bit. And then, <laughs> But I, I think I was like number 300 on the list, and I wasn't really— I didn't even know he had a list. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, he did. And um, yeah, so I jumped on there, but I think I was like number 300 in the line. So if you could sit through that much music to get to mine, good on you, because I wouldn't have. <laughs> How much music do you actively listen to, though? Because I don't even get a chance really to listen to that much anymore. 24-7, man. Is that what you do? Yeah, 24-7. You're I, jamming. Yeah, I, I can't even go to sleep without something playing in the background, man. I wake up, you know, in the car, first thing, I'm, I'm listening to stuff that I really like and come home, that's what I put on at work all day. I piss off the other guys, but I'm playing whatever I'm feeling at the moment. I often wonder in, like, say, 20 or 30 years, whether we'll look back on the Lil Waynes and the Drakes the way we do... Like, you know, the, the Nas's and Jay-Z's and yeah, totally even the KRS-1's and yeah. Nas, it, it, it's different league, man. It's different talent. Um, and that's my opinion. I mean, uh, everybody's entitled to it, but I, I, I think a classic, a classic album. You go listen to Tribe Called Quest and then you listen to, you know, the last Migo, Migos album or something like that. It's two totally different things. One's that fast food culture uh, when it comes to, to to music. It's just popping something out. It's popular. People like it. But, you know, people aren't going to have a shitty day, go home and, you know, put on Migos to feel better because it gives them some introspection or anything like that. People will go back and put on, you know, Midnight Marauders or... Um, like a classic Tribe Called Quest album, and I'll be like, you know, fuck, I'm feeling exactly what they're saying. They, mm. may be, they may be feeling oppressed because of the color of their skin or something. That I may not be able to re relate with that, but I relate with all the feelings that they put out. Regardless, it, it, it's, it, it, yeah, it's in the core of the emotion that they're putting out, which yeah. I don't hear in a lot of that kind of fast food culture music, just putting out everything, new track every week. You know, like Future putting out, I don't know. I, I listen to Future, but his music doesn't touch me like some of that classic stuff does. He's put out, what, like 20 albums in like eight years or something crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, I suppose that like, you know, the oversaturation of music makes it harder to kind of click with everything. Mm. Yeah. It's easy to, because to be honest, dude, I can listen to a track and within five seconds or 10 seconds, I'm like, nah, next, yeah, next. Yeah, yeah. And that's just the result of oversaturation but is it also because we're both getting older you yes because we, we touched on that last time it was like am i a dinosaur in this hip-hop yeah game? yeah because like you know playing in rock bands and stuff like that i've gone out to plenty of gigs where like 45 year old dads with like practically mullets and stuff like that they get up there and they play these cheesy cheesy songs and everything just sounds super dated yeah and i i don't want to fall into that category in that version of like 
the hip-hop dinosaurs like oh look at this dude you know rocking hammer pants and he's stuck in 1985 or something like that yeah man i think uh, that's part of the reason i think i moved on to podcasting bros because mm. i thought it was the a natural evolution and i was like uh, i don't know man like obviously um for those who don't know dr hayden and i did a gig um on friday although by the time this airs it'll be Oh, a week or two. Hopefully a distant memory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, basically, uh, not many people turned up. Uh, we have a lot of theories as to why that is. Uh, coronavirus is, is both... Uh, That's pre- the first tinfoil hat yeah, theory, I yes, think. That's yes, the most... Yes. Uh, but as we were saying before the show, like K Road was deserted, man. Like, yeah. I mean, I've never seen K Road that deserted. I imagine that maybe Roadworks on K Road, you know, alienates people like anywhere like you know like even on albert street or other parts of the cbd when there's roadworks it's just like "Eh, i don't want to go there it's a pain in the ass to get through yeah yeah even like driving or walking you know like even just even just to get to the show i had to park like almost two kilometers down the road and like walk uphill yeah it was just like that was the nearest parking i could find i i felt really bad for anybody else who drove out there as well because yeah it's just a pain in the ass to actually get to the damn venue yeah yeah, totally. And yeah. then you throw that little coronavirus that we're uh, that's getting way too out of hand at the moment. You well, throw that in there. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh, where'd all the people go? I'm yeah. like, were you outside with me when there there was dudes with straight up like masks yep. just walking around? Yeah. Yep. I totally. was like, this ain't downtown Hong Kong, bro. <laughs> and yeah. even that food court we went to, there was yep. quite a few people wearing masks and stuff. And they're wearing the wrong masks. Yep. They were just wearing like the generic surgical masks. You're supposed to be wearing those 95 micron filter things. You just look like a dick. Yeah. And you're afraid. And and one of the things I think that a lot of people forget is, okay, the masks are designed to for people that already have the coronavirus so they don't give it to anyone else. If you're wearing it and you do not have the coronavirus, you're not actually protecting yourself from the coronavirus. You're pr- protecting yourself from looking like a rational human being. Yeah, yeah. Like you wearing the mask just makes people think, "Oh, okay, that person has the coronavirus." Yeah. Yeah. And then and all it- these people see that and like, "Oh, maybe I should put on a mask." And it turns into this fucking idiocy. Yeah. That w- we see. Like yeah, yeah, I think I think we covered this at the show, but like people are sheep. Oh yeah, they completely. just follow the trends, you know. But it's fear mongering. Look at what the media did with the whole thing. Yeah, like, there was so much irresponsible re- reporting in in New Zealand, especially. Um, I thought that was really irresponsible the way that like stuff and a, a few of those like online sites basically it, they made it seem like it's the apocalypse coming. Which is, if, if you're not trying to create fear and panic, um, yeah, it, it's not good for anybody. That's when you get like all those, that huge influx of people at the supermarket buying up all this stuff because they're under the impression that this is the apocalypse. That's the way that the media portrays it. You, yeah. don't, have, you don't have to sugarcoat it, but be, be completely honest with the realities of this. Yes. There's, there's always going to be diseases and viruses out there. This one's prominent because it, 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 it's been spreading. But yeah, it, it, it's it's not the end of the world like they make it seem. No, it definitely isn't. I mean, obviously, yes, be cautious, but there's no need to buy a hundred rolls of toilet paper. Yeah, like unless you're taking some mean as shits every day, like 
Yeah. There's no need for you to do that. Unless you got Taco Bell on speed dial. Leave the toilet papers in the stores. Have you been to Taco Bell here in West Auckland? No. I have a real big problem paying like $12 for a combo that used to be like 2 bucks back in the States. Yeah. I remember when I went to the States and I came back here, I was like, fuck, man, we're getting ripped off. They have a dollar menu for a reason. The yeah. things on the dollar menu over there are actually a dollar. Yeah. Here, it's like the $6 taco. <laughs> it's like, that's that's not cool. Nah. The nah. whole point of Taco Bell is like cheap. Okay, I'm completely wasted and want to go get some food on the cheap. Yeah. I go to Taco Bell. It's not fine dining, you know? Nah, I mean, I, I ate there recently. Um, What'd you think? I, th- I thought it was okay. Like, I... I don't really remember the Taco Bell in America so much. Like, I remember it tasting really, really good. And this was okay, but for what I paid for it, I was like, nah, this is not worth it. Yeah. I'd rather go smash Wendy's or something. Wendy's um, is way too expensive here. It's like pretty much every fast food is expensive here compared to the States. Actually, anything food related is, is expensive here. Yeah, it's period. Yeah, yeah. Like, here's one of the things I've always wanted to write. Like, I understand why obesity is a big problem in the States. Because food is so cheap, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you can get like so much food, like even just buying a combo, it's massive. Like our like largest combo would like be this small. small. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I understand the whole obesity thing in the States. I don't understand why it's a big thing here because I'm like, food's so damn expensive, man. How can you afford to be a fatty? You need to be a millionaire. <laughs> Yeah, um, in the states as well, uh, there's so much high fructose corn syrup in everything. Um, oh, right. And what the government does is they subsidize that for the farmers to produce corn to get the high fructose corn syrup. Okay. And they just pump it into everything. Like if you were to buy a Coke from the supermarket here, like a can of Coke, you yep. look on it and it'll say cane sugar. If you go to the States, that same Coke is going to say uh, or one of the first two ingredients after, after water is going to be high fructose corn syrup. They pump that into everything. And it's, it's so cheap. I mean, pretty much anything, even stuff that you get that isn't sweet is still pumped full of that. And that's, that contributes to the um, obesity em- epidemic they have there. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Check it out. It, it's Yeah, it's, it's full on. Yeah, yeah. The government is basically giving the okay to this. And that's why they have insane amounts of really big people there and such high diabetes and stuff. Food's cheap and it's pumped full of sugar. And, I'm bec- and because of the health um, care system as well, that does not help. <laughs> More like health, we don't care. <laughs> man, that's... It, for, for such a, a, a developed country... That's third world. That's third world with their healthcare system. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I've never understood that. I've never understood why they, why the healthcare system is so backwards there. But I suppose it's because a lot of the pharmaceutical companies make so much money. Hmm. And that's one of the two developed countries where you can actually advertise um, pharmaceuticals on TV. Like ah. you'll watch commercials. And then they'll say, you know, are you feeling, are you feeling down, depressed, something? And just list off like a million symptoms. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe I am. It's like, talk to your doctor about this medicine. So it's, it's not the doctor's recommendation that's getting you hooked to it. It's you thinking you need this medicine. Right. And it's like, oh, maybe I am depressed and maybe I do have loose stools or something like that. You know, it, it, it just kind of adds fuel to it. And that's why the pharmaceutical industry there is so huge. It's absolutely massive. Would you be for a sugar tax here? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I think I, that's I, really smart. Yeah, yeah. 
Because I think the problem is like healthy food here is so much more exp- um, expensive than junk food, hmm. you know. And like I, I've got this habit of when I go to like grocery shopping or pack and save or whatever, like I look in other people's trolleys. And honestly, the amount of times I see like Coke bottles, like uh, heaps and heaps of bread for some reason, bread, like chips, like all sh- um, lollies, you know, chocolate. Yeah. Basically eating just, like a big toddler. Yeah, yeah. And it's just shocking how much food... Like bread is the weirdest one though, man. Why do you need 20 loaves of bread? And it's not even like the... It's like white bread, which is like the There's worst There's no nutrition in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just carbohydrates. Yeah. But I think bread is cheap and it fills you up. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the one upside. If you're broke as hell, you can buy a loaf of bread for a couple bucks and that'll keep you going for a few days. You could get rice though. Yeah, exactly. But that's more effort to prepare. <laughs> yeah, people are lazy here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm part of that as well. I'm, I want something quick and easy. You know, I don't want to spend half an hour making a dinner. I'd rather, you know, call Uber Eats and get McDonald's to my door. But I actively try and not do that because it's not good for me. So, do you use? Uber Eats quite a bit. I've never used it. Really? It's amazing. <laughs> That's probably why I don't want to try it because yeah. I have an addictive personality so then I might use oh, it. Oh, yeah. because I, I also think my missus would not let me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, it's ridiculously convenient. But when you extrapolate like the amount of the amount of physical labor you had to do at work to get the money to do that, it's like 50 bucks to get a meal delivered. It's like, man, I had to work a few hours to do that. Is it worth two hours of my time at work to actually have that convenience? Yeah. And I I suppose I like particularly in Auckland, for example, like, you know, the commuting would take it out of you, man. Oh, it sucks. Like, I think I spent... I think I worked out when I was there. I spent 36 days a year in traffic mm. when I calculated it all up day by day. So over the course of a year, it was 36 days. And I remember just feeling so tired. Like I'd leave work, I think at five. Might take me, in, you know, I might get home at 6.30 or something. Then I'd go straight to the gym. Probably get home at like quarter to eight. I'm surprised you had the energy for that, man. Well, back then I was single too. <laughs> <laughs> that makes all the difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like I'd, I'd come home and then I'd cook like the, the, the easiest meal ever, like a small tiny ass meal, like just chicken and broccoli or something, like mm. nothing amazing. And then I'd go on and like make beets for the rest of the night and that was like my routine. But like since being down here, I have all this extra free time. Like even driving up for like the gig on Friday, I hit traffic in Huntley and then again in South Auckland. But like the traffic has gotten so much worse just in the time that I've left. Hmm. And like, it I makes you realize how lucky you are to not have that. Going back is probably a, a big shock to say, I used to endure this. It probably wasn't quite as bad, but it, it's still absolutely insane. I mean, the fact that I could, there's been times where I could have walked to work faster than I could have drove. Yeah, yeah. And I look at that and it's like, I don't even live that far away from work. Hmm. But these kind of things happen. It's just the infrastructure there is not built for the amount of people no, that um that's not that travel through there and it would be all good if they had a good public transit system like how sweet is it hopping on a train and getting to work you don't have to worry about anything all that save yourself some money in gas and parking but they don't have that yet which is basically it, it's throwing people in this awkward position where they have to commute and commit or basically contribute to the problem which is making it worse because they don't have a better solution yeah and then you add in the fact like you've got a huge influx of people right from overseas and even nationally that moved to Auckland because obviously that's where a majority of the work is mm-hmm. it's not like say Australia where like you have 
opportunities in multiple cities. Like, you know, if you don't want to go to Sydney, you can go to Melbourne. Yeah. You can even go to Brisbane. At least know? it's spread out that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, New Zealand is not really set up that way. It's, like, designed... It's, it, I suppose it's similar to, like, Britain in terms of, like... Because um, you've got a third of the population in one place, mm-hmm. similar to, like, Britain, where every, all of it's based in London, pretty much. But the difference is, in London, if you don't have to live there in order to work there. Like, you can live outside the city. Or just commute in. Yeah, via train, you know, because their, their public transport system is really, really good. But we don't have that in Auckland, and I think that's one of the biggest problems. I mean, housing and traffic congestion, I think, yeah. are the two biggest problems that Auckland has. The housing thing, I don't think, is going to be fixed. Because that's the same problem in any major city. Sydney, New York, LA, Mumbai, you know, London, whatever. Housing is always going to be expensive. The big difference is the housing The housing issue has really hit in about the last 10 years is where it's gotten crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, if anybody is listening to this outside of New Zealand, I, I would literally be looking at spending a million dollars to own a house in Auckland, where I live. A million dollars. That's re- if you're lucky. If, if, if you're lucky. Like... You know, I, I'm thinking about, you know, investing into some property or something like that. That's probably, realistically, that's probably more money than I'm going to make in my entire life yeah. into something that that shouldn't cost that. Could you, would you think about buying like an investment property elsewhere? Uh, possibly. It's probably the only way it's actually going to happen. Yeah. Because I think, what was it? Um, 25% of people spend over 40% of their income on housing. Mm. in in Auckland which is just insane the fact that you work so much just to have a place to live just to exist is is fucking disheartening man well the way housing is set up it's it's become like a business and all it does is it sets people up so the rich get richer and the poor get poorer oh, because yeah. it's like you're paying someone else to get wealthy that's what like a mortgage is you're paying off their debt hmm. Yeah. When you're renting, yeah, it's you're basically paying off their mortgage. Yeah. And it, you you have the privilege of living there temporarily <laughs> while they get their mortgage paid for. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then like how are you supposed to save and pay their mortgage? But looking looking at I don't even live in a big place at all, but looking at the cost of buying something like that and repaying it is even greater than my expenditure on weekly rent. Yeah. So it's like I'm between a rock and a hard place and both mm. of them suck. So what are you supposed to do? It's either, yeah, either make more money or find some way around it to get more money. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the, the I suppose, the revelation that I had when I was in Auckland. Like, I didn't really want to leave Auckland. And I know some people outside of Auckland are probably thinking, what? Because there's, there's a bit of a Auckland versus New Zealand sort of thing, mentality, right? Like, a lot of people in Auckland are like, why would you live somewhere else? Hmm. Like. And then people outside of Auckland are like, why do you want to live in Auckland? Yeah, it's expensive. The traffic sucks. But, but there's opportunities there. Yeah, there's opportunities there. There's a lot of stuff to do, you know, um, a lot of different people to meet. Like, it's, there are great things about Auckland. I mean, you've got a beach, like, near you, wherever you are, pretty yeah. much. It's pretty great. Um, and, um, yeah, and then you're still close. Like, even if you want to leave, you can still go to the Coromandel. You can go to the Bay of Islands. It's not that far. But like, yeah, it's just, it's just, I don't know what's going to happen over the next 10 years, eh? but 
Um, I mean, I've obviously had a few people on this show, but it, it, more and more people are moving kind of Waikato Bay of Plenty way. That's probably because they can afford it. It's, yeah. At least you're getting more bang for your buck when it comes to the amount of land you have. Yeah. Well, the other thing, like Tauranga, for example, right? <clears throat> a lot of people, if they own a house in Auckland, mm-hmm. they sell their house and downsize to a ridiculous, ridiculously nice place in Tauranga. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, because I'm not sure if you've been to Tauranga much, but the houses are ridiculously nice there ridiculously nice well, it's like would you rather would you rather have a little shoebox in a big pop in town or for that same thing you could trade it in in like afford afford to purchase like a really nice place with some land it's just the location thing if if you can get over that whole location thing you're sweet like that's why if i could ever like do work from home or something like that i get the hell out of auckland immediately just save up some money and do that but i don't have that you know opportunity yet yeah yeah and most of the particularly with certain industries or the work is in auckland Mm. which is interesting well, like i had a i had a journalist on here francis cook and she was saying that a lot of the media personalities mm-hmm. you know they all have to be based in auckland pretty much and like the i think people just assume that they're very wealthy but they're not most of them aren't man they're living pay week to pay week really yeah but so, you you see them on television and you you get a you completely place, different like, impression yeah, of, yeah. of them but i've even got that with like musicians i've met some musicians that are really successful in terms of you know their music's popping they're doing really well, but then they listen, they're like living in their mum's garage or something, and it's like, what the hell? But it's, it's putting that illusion out that you're more important than you actually are, or you have more than you say. It's, it's like these dudes, I've heard like 16-year-old kids rapping about like their Bugattis and Lambos in the garage. It's like, son, you don't even have your driver's license. <laughs> yeah. But th- that that's what people hear, and that's what people like to emulate. And uh, I find... Most of the music that I've been listening to, like it, it may be catching all that. If, if if you listen kind of past what, you know, the beat is and everything, a lot of them just saying, you know, all this stuff that I got, you know, I got all this money. I got all these hoes. I got all this, you know, I got my mansion in the Hollywood Hills. And then you look and then you check out their Instagrams and stuff like that. And, you know, they're riding around in like really fancy cars. Most of those dudes have leased cars. And a lot of the places that they have are rentals, Mm. like properties. It's this big illusion, but people don't like to support people that look broke. They want They want to, they want to see the guy that doesn't need money and give them the money. Mm. That's, that's my interpretation of it anyway. Um, th- there's a bunch of dudes that kind of try and fake the funk. They're like, you know, I came from nothing. It's like, actually, if you, if you realize your background, you actually went to a private school and all this sort of stuff. But they're like, man, I came up hard selling drugs on the streets. It's like, that's what you want to portray yourself as. Are, what, what is your intention as an artist? Is it to just paint this fantasy picture? And, you know, th- and that's what people f- feed into. And that's what people think are you or that think like your story is but if it if it's totally fake then why are you doing that why are you constructing that it's it's the weirdest thing man and it's harder to keep up the lie oh yeah 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 yeah, to try and keep up that lie because you lose track of what you're lying about oh completely yeah yeah it's one of my guilty pleasures. I hop on YouTube and watch these interviews with like these, you know, XL, double uh, XL, like freshman pitches and stuff like that. And these dudes are like, you know, I grew up on the streets and stuff like that. You know, F snitches, you know, nobody can do, nobody can touch me. I'm straight gangster. 
And then there's videos of them getting a punch and then going to the police and giving a statement and stuff <laughs> like that. And they're coming out and they're saying like, oh, fuck 6 9 he's a snitch. But if you go back through, uh, do a bit of research on them, they're out there singing to the police about the exact same thing that they're, you know, trying to discredit, which is ridiculous. Dude, I get that with the show, bro. Like, because obviously I meet a lot of people and they're trying to sell me stuff in terms of hey you should get me on my on on your show because of this i've done this 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 you know and people don't realize man i'm like i research people before they come on this show like and it's not hard which I'm you like, should yeah yeah i'm like i'm on facebook i can see whether you're lying or not you mm. know like i'm just it's like, come on, man. Like, just be upfront and transparent with me. You yeah. Know? yeah. People will relate a lot more um, if you're just open. Like, yeah. I mean, and that's one thing I've, I've realized. You know, I started off doing like, I think I was listening to a lot of Bone Thugs. I was putting out tracks in like 99, which, you know, uh, in like 99, it's I was 90, like, 99. <laughs> I'm popping the clip in the Mac 10. I, I was saying that kind of stuff. And then my friend came up to me and he's like, why are you singing about that, man? I was just like, you know, that's th that's what I do. Like, that's what I listen to and all that. And I was just like, maybe I should probably do something that I actually do. Mm. You know, I mean, it's hard to, you know, rap about, you know, it's not, it's not as cool, but like, you know, rapping about going to school or w whatever I was trying to do. But now my thing is like, at least I'm honest um, coming out and talking about, hey, my head gives me trouble. You know, I, I go crazy sometimes and I talk about that sort of stuff. And I talk about, you know, not making money from from all the effort that I put into making music and stuff like that. But I need that music to survive because that's my that's my vent. That's my ventilation system. You know, it's your therapy. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, so I, I'd rather be I think I think any artist should be open and honest, even if it's not flattering. I agree. Yeah. 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 It, it may not be as popping, but you get a hell of a lot more respect. Yeah. And I think respect is way more important than money. Yep. I mean, to an extent. Respect is, well, should be the number one currency. Should be. But it's not. I mean, and you do need money to survive. Oh, exactly. And, and that's where it is. But if, if you have enough to live a comfortable life, you know, nothing flashy, I think having respect is is that's what makes everything else gel together, man. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Because so many people sold uh, sell their souls for money. Yeah, and you can tell, man. You can tell. And I mean, you could have all the money in the world and still not be happy, man. Lil Pump, um, he put out a tweet, or not a tweet, maybe it was on uh, Instagram or something like that. He was like, this is the worst I've ever felt in my life. And he's he literally just signed a $6 million deal, like a couple months earlier. Yeah, yeah. And it's like... No matter where you are, you take your problems with you. Some problems go away with money, but I'm sure you get a lot more that come with it. Yeah. And regardless, you know, you can't just throw money at things to make them go away. I mean, if you probably can if you got Elon Musk cash or something like that. <laughs> but you're always going to be that same person just with a little bit more money or a little bit less money. But that respect stays. Yeah. Or the lack of respect that's right. And you carry that. You carry that. That's your legacy. You know, if people just know that you're, you know, just lying all the time and go behind people's backs and stuff like that, that comes around to you. You can have money, but if people don't, if people don't look at you with respect, then, then yeah. what do you got? You're, you may be rich in cash, but you're poor in soul, you know? You know Tom Francis? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect example. Mm -hmm. You know, right? Shitting on people, obviously, Dills. Um, 
Shouts to Dills, man. He's one of the nicest guys I've met. I haven't met you yet, but I dig your stuff and you seem like a cool dude. Yeah, he is He is a cool dude, man. I met him for the first time um, a couple of months back and yeah, he's a really, really nice guy. Lives up to the name he has for himself. You know, how there's, like, there's a lot of assholes in rap, bro. Like in terms of rappers that you can... Like, Too many. <laughs> yeah. I've met a lot of dicks over the years, eh? Just like, ah, oh, you know, so full of themselves. Talk out their ass. Like, you know, the the whole fake it till you make it sort of thing. That, yeah. that, that can apply in certain instances, but there's certain things where you just, you can't apply that and people can see right through it. Yeah. I mean, but the, most of the people that are throwing that out, they, they don't know that the facade isn't working for them. I mean, I'm sure it, it, it fools some people. But oh, yeah, it probably does. If, if you, you know, the people who have been through it and all that stuff, they can just see right through that. And then you just have to take that. It, it, you almost have to laugh at it like, you know, I see what you're doing. But, you know, later, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, nah, I, I hate it, eh? And like, yeah. Even with, because um, obviously I'm quite, uh, I'm quite public on LinkedIn, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty, I'm reasonably known on there. And obviously I get reached out to a lot by people that want to come on my show. You get reach but- arounds. <laughs> from people that want to come on the show reach arounds yeah. you don't know how many i had to do to get on back on the show here <laughs> i'm not proud um and uh the the some of the people that i meet for like coffee and stuff and they try and pitch me their ideas or like what they've done and stuff and i'm just like dude i can see right through it man mm. you know saying like you're a millionaire but you're you're dressing like you know you go to Save Mart or something. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, hey, you could be a millionaire, but then, but I can work it all out, right? Like if you're if you're say you're a millionaire and you're living in like a hood as area, you don't. They're just keeping it real with the streets. Well, usually, and you know, with business people, business people are very, I don't know, they're more uh, conscious of, you know, appearance. Mm. You know, like usually suits or or very or dressed very well. Yeah, um, but. Some of these people that I've met, I'm just like, are you serious? Like trying to sell me that you're rich. I've actually met um, some really wealthy dudes. Mm-hmm. And um, you can just tell with the way they carry themselves, like that they are wealthy, mm. you know. And there's some people that just, you can just tell, man. I mean, I think from doing podcasting as well, it's 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 made me, um, it's given me the ability to be able to see through the bullshit. Which is good. Yeah. There's sometimes when a guest is on and they're talking, and I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Politicians, bro. Oh, that's <laughs> their job is shoveling bullshit I know, to get but you like, to buy it's it. It's like, come on, man. I'm like, you're a politician. You're supposed to be good at lying. Like, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's like, <laughs> come on, you know. But like, I sit in this hard place where I'm like, do I call them out on it or do I just give them the platform and let them stick their own foot in their mouth? Yeah. Well, it, it depends how you want to come across, but you, you don't want but to then, alienate your audience. Yeah, yeah. And also like... I could have two politicians on from like yeah, different parties and then one could be like all good and I don't have to say anything and then the other isn't. But then if I call the other one out, then I'm accused of being biased. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like, ah, oh, you know, can't win either way. Yeah, I just tend to just take my nose out of that and let people give them, give them uh, enough rope to hang themselves with when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose from doing uh, – well, having a lot of politicians on this show – it's um, it's been enlightening. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now you're that much better because of that. Yeah. Did I tell you that? Like, so last year there was like the Hamilton local elections, or the local elections. I know you, you got the uh, one of the candidates on there, or you got the mayor, eh? 
I got the mayor and I got three of the candidates mm-hmm. and one of the candidates ended up becoming mayor. She's actually, she's, I keep seeing her at events and she's like, hey, when are you getting me back on the show? And I'm like, oh, I'll get you back on the show. I just, I'll make some time. I, I, I was just like, oh, I want to let you settle into the role first, you mm. know, because you, you haven't even been mayor that long. So I was, thought I was doing her a favor, but like she's pretty keen to come on. So I will have to get her back on. But like. I got so hyped from doing some of those um, political episodes. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I, I, I want to get into politics. Because we were talking about that last time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because I was like, you know, I'm like, oh, maybe I can make a difference, make a difference. But in hindsight, I'm like, nah, man. I was you don't want to be I was shoveling just, I was just, Yeah, I was just caught up in the hype, I think. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But nah, I, I don't want to do what they do, man. Yeah. How would that? That's selling your soul as yeah. well. And I don't even think my partner would want me to do that. She's like, no, I don't want to get hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have people that are going to love you regardless of what you do, and you're going to have people that hate you. You're, you're, yeah. gonna, you're just instantly going to polarize yourself with so many people, um, regardless if they're not affiliated with, with, with that party that you're with. That They don't want anything to do with you. Nah, they don't. So, I mean, is it worth the trade-off? You know, if you can get a good paycheck, but most of the most of the people in there that want to go in and make a difference, they, they always have people throwing money at them, lobbyists and people saying, hey, do this for me and we'll do this for you. And it's just really shady, man. I mean, th- there was always the exception. I, I think I think Jacinda has actually got her, a good head on her shoulders. And I think that's a much better look for New Zealand as a whole. Well, um, on the international stage, Jacinda, like top-notch man but like, mm. i can't think of any prime minister who is like that famous that well known has put us on you know on the international stage very very well yeah like obviously a result of that it, it comes from negative circumstances obviously with the the christchurch uh, massacre mm-hmm. like the way she handled that um but yeah man i mean i i mean i don't I, i'm one of those dudes that i, I don't lean either way mm-hmm I just look at the policies and from that I make a decision. But there's some people that take politics like it's like a sense of tribalism for them. Mm. They want their party to win. Regardless of regardless of whether the leader is shit, their policies are crap. Like it, it doesn't matter. Like they just it's like, no, I am for national or I am for labor. Like and like, if you're on the other side, then you are my enemy. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, what? Like, but that's not looking at the policies. I think you have to judge all that on an individual basis. What is this person going to do to make life better for us? Mm. Versus what is the other person going to do? Yeah. Like it's really horrible. Um, I have family members who just kind of blindly go along with Trump because they're they're diehard Republicans. And they, regardless of what stupid thing Trump said or done, they just kind of turn a blind eye to it because they listen to Fox News and they're like, oh, well, that's just the media out to get Trump. Yeah. And it's really stupid. But, you know, that's unfortunately the way that that's the world we live in. People are indoctrinated into that mentality and they just they just keep following that because you know it's that feedback loop of you know you you have all these people that have the same kind of feelings as you and you don't want to turn your back on that because that's going to alienate you from them and that's the the people that you surround yourself with yeah your echo chamber yeah 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 totally totally and it's very easy to get caught up in that and not even realize you're caught up in it Mm. like i i've found even from doing this podcast like um that it's opened my mind. I realized how narrow-minded I was about a lot of things. 
Um, and it can, it's very, very interesting sometimes from going from like a, a rapper to a, like a chief executive of a company and just seeing <laughs> the massive difference in terms of how they view things. You mm. know? Yeah, yeah. So it's, and the problem is it's really easy to get caught up in your little bubble and not even not even know that that's what you're doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not everybody has that that ability to reflect on themselves and say, am I believing this because of facts or am I disbelieving this because, you know, that's what everybody else is telling me to do. Yeah. And you see that so so often. We can break off into religion very easily from there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's those people that, you know, were born, uh, you know, going to church a few times a week and stuff like that, which in itself isn't harmful. But when you start when you start using that as justification for you know bigotry or racism or something like that, that's when it gets that's when it turns into something that's not helpful. It's a good way, like I, I reckon, if you're religious, do that. If that's what makes you happy, that's what you believe in in your heart, do it. But there's so many people that use that as an excuse for you know looking down because this guy married another guy or kissed kissed another dude or something like that you're going to hell and that sort of thing and you automatically just shun those people because of what a book says that was written that you were probably indoctrinated with since you were younger yeah yeah i was just talking to like because i was obviously just at the bar before with um carlos hicks watching um some ufc stuff but we got onto this conversation about being indoctrinated with a specific religion from birth. And what actually happens is you view it as part of your identity to the point that it's it's difficult to separate yourself from it mm. without feeling like, oh, no, I've abandoned who I was or I've abandoned my culture. And sometimes sometimes those things inter intertwine, you know, religion and culture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like if you're Indian, more than likely you'll be a Hindu. Mm. If you're from Pakistan, you might be a Muslim, you know, um, even that's your community. It, that's that that's, even Polynesians, you know, like, that's what you're brought up into. Yeah. And that's it, that shapes the way that you view the world because of exactly what your parents tell you, you know, don't do this because you'll go to hell or whatever. And the thing is, I'm all for religion. I reckon it can be a really good tool, but it can also be mishandled and used for very wrong reasons. I agree. I agree. I mean, like I've as someone who used to go to church quite a lot. And now on the other side, like I do see the good side of it. Mm -hmm. I think it's good. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that maybe be addicted to drugs or, you know, have alcohol problems or, I don't know, domestic violence problems or whatever, right? And, you know, they go to church and that helps them get through it, particularly like a community that's there to support you, right? Mm. But then other times it can be used as a weapon. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Un unfortunately, it's the same thing with like, you know, child molesters in the church in there. It's a small minority of people that do this, but it gives everybody a bad name Yeah, on that whole side. And, you know, um, it and it happens with in so many different areas. Like, you know, there's, you know, the uh, extremists when it comes to religion, you know, back when what 9-11 happened, there was just this huge influx of racism that was brought on because a very, very small, small group of people decided to do something and that turned people xenophobic. Mm. And people didn't want people with turbans walking around in New York City and stuff like that. And these things scare people. See, that's religion used for the wrong reasons. Not, yeah. not building yourself. That's for tearing somebody else down to make you feel better. And a majority of those people who, you know, are scared and, and get caught up in the hysteria probably don't know anyone from that community hmm. 
they haven't been you know subjected to that way of life so therefore they don't understand it and misunderstanding can lead to fear no, you know? yeah i mean people fear the unknown it's it's human nature if something's foreign and strange to you then you're not gonna you're not gonna resonate with that. Yeah, and, yeah. Unless you actually, um, th there was that dude. Uh, the movie The Black Klansman was based on it. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie yet. I really do want to watch it though. It's this. Yeah, um, I'm sure you already know the story, but yeah. it's just basically this dude who got involved in the KKK. A black dude. Yeah. He would just, uh, yeah, he would he would talk to these guys on the phone. He basically infiltrated them, and he's turned. He's gotten what 22 people to leave um, the KKK. Mm. Just because they sat down and they talked with them and they actually had a good conversation and they didn't realize that he wasn't just a skin color. He was actually a person with some good things to say. Yeah. And that actually reflected that, hey, there's some errors in my thinking here. It's not all the fault of, you know, th these other people that are living amongst, amongst us. Mm. You know, you know, with slavery, that was a really shitty situation. And, you know, that there was... They have a lot of things to be angry about, but they all they wanted to do is just kind of share their experiences and, hey, we're all people. We're all on this earth together. Yeah. And, and, and that's exactly what happened. And I commend that dude. I think it's absolutely amazing that he could turn around, what, 22, like, people higher up in the KKK. If you think about discrimination or racism and stuff, it's not something you're born with. It's something you learn. Oh, completely. You know, through various means, you know, like racism, for example, right? I've, I've, I think I've nailed it down to three things that kind of triggers it. Either you inherit it from like family, mm -hmm. you know, or um, second way could be through, you know, you, you get associated with a specific um, community or, you know, group or even a genre of music or whatever, you know. Or the third one, which I think this is probably the most common way, is if you... If your experience, if you're subjected to a sp specific group of people, ethnic group, and they're all negative experiences, mm -hmm. you're going to begin to start having like racial views. Yeah. Because you've, you've never seen anything different. Like, and obviously, like the most um, um, common case would probably be Maldives, right? Like, there's a lot of people that just hate on Maldives for... Because they, they have a negative stereotype yeah, for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, and look, I mean, I've been... <laughs> I don't know how much racism I've suffered from Maldives and negative experiences I've had with Maldives. But with that being said, like, I know a lot of fucking cool Maldives as well. Like, yeah. even Maldives that I've had on this show uh, are, like, like, some of the coolest. But then, like, I can, I can understand why there'd be some people that are just like oh you know bloody moldies because it's like okay well this is the only experience you've had with them which has shaped your view yeah. and it's the same with like white people as well you know or another type of ethnic group you know there's some people just oh i don't like indians because da 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 i don't like chinese people because da 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 you know and like you're even seeing like racism with chinese people over the whole coronavirus thing, yeah there, there, there was that. there was like you know hate letters and stuff um that were going to the the dude that actually he isolated himself to his house to because he actually got to coronavirus he yeah. isolated himself to his house and i think they were either like spray painting his house or sending him some hate mail and stuff like that it's just like Come on, dude. It doesn't really matter what race or religion you are. This could happen to anybody. Why? Yeah, it, yeah. It's not the fault that somebody got coronavirus because they're they're Asian. It's 
it's not their fault because that happened. Uh, to tell you the truth, I think it's the fault or it's the fault of the people who didn't screen them coming through the uh, the airport and just letting people in willy nilly, not taking it seriously. I actually think it's the government's fault in that regard because there's always going to be stuff out there. But if you put up if you put up little roadblocks to check everybody that comes through, it may be inconvenient. But if you said, okay, here let's do a little temperature scan, and they're three degrees above whatever the normal is that could potentially be a carrier of that, check that. But I know personally people that have come through recently on flights that didn't get checked. Yeah, and I think that's the case for a lot of Western countries. You, if you look at it right, do you remember how like when the outbreak first happened in China, like everyone was shitting on China. Mm-hmm. Like, And now as time goes on, everyone's like, oh, okay, well, China actually handled that like really well compared to how Western countries, because we're just- They could have handled it better. Oh yeah, by not having it. But what I mean is once it did happen, they shut shit down. Like they locked everything down. Which is a smart thing to do is actually taking it serious. Yeah, yeah. Because I've heard in the States that they're not even screening. Like it could have been there since December and nobody was even testing. They're still not doing enough tests, Um, you know. And like even in New Zealand, I don't know what the Ministry of Health and the government are doing. I mean, you're not getting screened at all at the border or anything. You know, we're not, we haven't even banned flights from South Korea or Japan. Maybe that may have happened by the time this airs. I don't know. I think it's it's foolish not taking things serious. That's it, It's better to be error on the side of caution, and that way we, we wouldn't get to these moments that we have now. Yeah. I mean, there, there'll always be the occasional one that slips through and it becomes like, you know, a freak accident that, you know, a few people got infected here and there, like, uh, like Ebola in uh, Africa. Mm. It, that pops up sporadically, but when it does, they tend to isolate everything and take it very seriously. Yeah. But they're not doing that here. And, or at least I hope that they're on the way to do that. Because if you, if we turn this entire place into like just a shutdown city, people are, people are mentioning, you know, have enough, uh, rations for 14 days and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, if you're getting sick, isolate yourself for 14 days or whatever that it, it's, it's, creating fear that shouldn't have been there in the first place if you know what's that whole adage a stitch in time saves nine yeah um a little bit more effort and a little bit of inconveniencing people going through the airport you know ask them because some people they'll go through the airport and they'll they're feeling sick or whatever the only reason one of the um people who got confirmed with coronavirus actually came forward and said anything is because they actually felt that they were getting sick and they could potentially have it. And it turns out they did. Mm. Now, most people aren't actually going to go and say, hey, I think I've got coronavirus coming off of a plane. They're not going to do that. It's completely selfish, but it's just that fear thing. And if you're not screening people and you're not taking it seriously, we're going to end up in a much worse position tomorrow than we are today. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And like, it's it's really bad because then some of the people that have had so self-isolated themselves. I mean, there was one that was getting bullied online. Yeah, I think as a result of it, and obviously the Ministry of Health was like saying maybe that was the same one that. I was talking about earlier. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah, and like don't do that, you know. But um, I mean, I do think like if if you're coming back from overseas with a country that potentially has cases, don't then go book a domestic flight somewhere no. or like go to a tool concert. Yeah, I mean that's just amateur, man. Yeah. <laughs> To anybody who may be listening, wonder what we're talking about. There was a person with coronavirus that went to the Tool concert last weekend, 
And yeah, so now they're like, oh, well, there could potentially be people from the 30,000 people that attended that concert who may have it as a consequence. It's like, uh, don't be selfish. Just a little bit of patience to say, hey, I'll sit this out. Yeah. I don't think the self-isolate thing is going to work, to be honest. That, it's basically... You'd, it's, have to, you'd have to have like some repercussions in place to make sure that people do it. Like I think in Singapore, if... if if you're caught like spreading it or like you're supposed to self-isolate and you don't, you get like a $20,000 fine or something. Sweet. I'm all for that. Whatever gets people to start taking it more serious. It's like the same thing with people who are really sick and go to work. Yeah, you need to earn a few bucks for your family, but is it worthwhile jeopardizing everybody else at your work to spread that sickness? And we have a healthcare system that you know will support people with that yeah like i'd be worried in places like america because oh yeah yeah like people aren't going to stay they'll just be like nah i've got to pay the bills because i've heard and like kevin posey echoed this as well but that a lot of people in america live pay week to pay week yeah that's very very true I don't even know what to say to that. (laughs) (laughs) but hey for what it's worth i live pay week to pay week while i'm here as well and it's only because you're in Auckland, bro. If you didn't live in Auckland, you wouldn't. Yeah, I'd be balling. I'd be having a mansion. Uh, <laughs> dude, I, people see the studio and they're like, oh, Reese is really rich. I'm like, nah, dude. I'm not. It's, I'm, I'm honored that you think that, but no, I'm not. I'm definitely not rich. Rich in spirit, man. Yeah, man. Rich That's all that matters. But, d- dude, like if I lived in Auckland, there's no way I would have been able to build this. Yeah. No way. No way. But that's you adjusting to the circumstances to figuring out what you can do with what you have, which, mm. which is commendable. Yeah. Because I often have like a lot of Aucklanders on here, and I'll ask them, I'm like, do you always plan to stay in Auckland? Or do you ever want to move? And most of the time, they're like, nah. And then there's some, like Ryan Lovins, um, he, I think he's contemplating doing it, but uh, I think the main thing is his kids. He doesn't want to move his kids out, but hmm. he's kind of like, oh, fuck Auckland, you know, fucking living in this rent, living pay week to pay with these stupid bills. You know what's crazy, though? If you go to... If you go to Detroit, one in four ha- houses are abandoned. You can basically go in to just, one in Detroit. Yeah. If if you go to um, oh, it's someplace in Ohio, is it Akron, Ohio? You can get a three or four bedroom house for eighty thousand dollars U.S. Yeah. You can get a house, which is still less than a tenth of what you'd pay here. But you still have dual citizenship, right? Yeah. In America. So you could move back to America. In theory, you... I've actually contemplated it a bit. Yeah. Um, just just on the sheer fact that, you know, I want to be able to own a house to, you know, give to my family, you know, and have yeah. a, ha- having some investment or something that's going to, you know, last more than kind of temporarily. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that'd be really nice. But also, I love New Zealand. It's, mm. it's you know, it, it's my home. You know, I've been back here, back and forth since I was a kid. Um, and my mom's a Kiwi. So I, I have so much... Uh, you have attachment to the, to yeah, the country. This, yeah. f- this feels like home. Yeah. This feels like home. Okay. Um, yeah, so, but... Is would, it you, wor- would you ever, like, move to another city? Would you contemplate it? Or if, is it just based on work? It, it's, it's based on work. And, yeah. you know, if I can't do what I do somewhere else, then it's not going to work out, mm, you know? Mm. So as in, like, would there be the industry be in other cities, but, like, there would just be smaller amounts of it? Have, like, have you ever looked at, like, say, like, Wellington or Christchurch or anything? Or? I haven't really. But when I look at the, the prices of houses in Wellington, it's getting up there as well. Yeah, well, the part of the problem with Wellington is... 
you know, the city, the way it's designed and just its location, because it's surrounded by mountainous terrain, you just, you don't have the housing there. Yeah. And you can't build there. Like, it's just, I'm not sure if you've been to Wellington before. I have, it's yeah. beautiful. Oh, yeah, like, I love the city. Mm. I think the CBD there is way better than Auckland's, like, in terms of it being walkable, and it's just got yeah. a really good vibe to it. Some of the yeah, housing, it's some of the housing, fra- and flat yeah, land yeah, and some of the housing, like, um, because our group of us went there for the Eminem concert, and we stayed in this house, and it was crappy as, bro. Like, luckily we were there during summer, but I'd imagine during winter that would be a very, very depressing place to be. And some of it, like, the carpets all, you know, that that it's that musty smell, this like old dank, yeah, funky. yeah. Because some of the some of the housing there is 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 not good. You'd probably have to live in upper hut or lower hut or something, but. <clears throat> and then also there's the added problem of it on a fucking fault line. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, not ideal. <sighs> what do you do, though? It's like, ah, uh, you know, what do you do? Yeah, well, that's Because I... you don't want Christchurch Mark II coming through to a place that you live. Nah, nah. I mean, I, I to be honest, when I left Auckland, I was contemplating on Melbourne, Brisbane, or Hamilton. And the only reason why I chose Hamilton is because... Well, because my family had just moved to Cambridge, so I was like, okay, cool. My family's still close. I was like, and I still had a lot of ties to Auckland. I'm like, it's still close to Auckland. Um, I could have gone to Melbourne. I could have gone to Brisbane, but I didn't. I only had a few friends there. And to me, I was just like, that's just another version of Auckland. Mm. I'm just going to a bigger version of Auckland. And like Melbourne, for example, it has the same problems of Auckland with like housing and stuff. Like I just set myself down a path I was like I have to buy a house like I was just determined to do it like no matter what at whatever cost um like but like like when we we're at the gig and stuff I was like man man I miss Auckland sometimes even though those people walking around in coronavirus masks and- uh, yeah I, I mean, you, I mean that- you, don't, you don't see that shit here but like it's 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 just got a good vibe you know and like you can just it's it's got a lot of atmosphere I mean obviously not on Friday because there was hardly anyone there but like just um, the multicultural aspect, hmm. you know. Um, it's, it's a lovely place. I absolutely love it. I think it's one of the greatest cities in the world. But it's unrealistic to, you know, to want to purchase a house for the average person there. Yeah, well, I say it went from being the city of sales to the city for millionaires because pretty much there if, was... If, if, if you're wealthy, man... Oh, it's your oyster, man. Yeah, you, you can do awesome. anything. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was Auckland, I think Sydney, and... I want to say Toronto or um, uh, one of the Canadian cities, um, Vancouver. They, over the last 10 years, their housing prices has done the exact same thing that Auckland has. Yeah. Just because of people coming over and purchasing large amounts of land just as an investment, which makes it, you know, it's harder to get land there now because so many people want it. Mm. And yeah, Auckland was one of the three cities that happened to. So it's like it would be the exact same thing as moving to Sydney or moving to... Um, I, I think it is Vancouver. Um, so the thing is, what do you do? The thing is the government, I'm like, just venting frustration here. Well, like, <laughs> so I just had a, um, I had a professor, uh, from the university of Waikato. Who Was it professor a- X? No, that would be really cool. That would he be he really would just cool. read your mind through the yeah, whole thing. Yeah. He probably, your line he, if, if, if he shaved his head, he probably could look a little bit like professor X, but yeah, he wouldn't do that. But he's a British guy, you know, with a British accent. Sidestepping, who's your favorite X-Man? Or X-Woman? X-Man, probably. Uh, it's cliche, but I'll probably say Wolverine. He is pretty tits, huh? Yeah, yeah. He's Canadian, actually. Is he? Yeah. 
Did you check it out? I am, um, because you know how they'll eventually bring in um, X Men into the MCU, into the Marvel. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like that'll happen eventually. I'm wondering who they're going to get to play Wolverine eh? because Hugh Jackman is so perfect. I know, but like by the time that happens, he'll be like 80. Mm. I don't know, (laughs) but he can just take a. But he he is cemented as Wolverine. Like say how Robert Downey Jr. is with Iron Man. Yeah. So you can't think of a better person. I mean, they're so iconic yeah. with that. Even I, if you look at the old comic books, I'm like, hey, that's like pretty much Hugh Jackman. I haven't even seen that movie Joker yet because Heath Ledger is still so iconic as the Joker for me. That but, was one of the best performances of all time. Yes, I agree. I love that movie. Like I, I remember when um that movie came out, I was so obsessed with it. Eh? Like every time I did a rap, yeah, I'd chuck in some Joker line. Like, I remember there there's something in my ledger, something, something Heath. I remember that from one of the one of the tracks you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there was one oh, I can't remember what it was, and I, I I was like, I said something. I'm like, oh, this makes me delirious, and then and then I go, why so furious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just an opportunity to say, and then like I did it with a track um, with a mate of mine, and he hadn't seen the movie, and he's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> You're just being a weirdo. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I saw the new Joker movie and everybody like, cause it, it was really built up cause they're like, oh, you know, this is Oscar worthy performance. And he won, eh? he won the Oscar. Did he? Yeah. Good on him. That movie is a completely different beast than the dark Knight. Yeah. Completely different beast. And it just, it, it's two versions of Joker, both done really well. I still, Heath Ledger's my man. The first time I saw that movie was what? Two and a half hours. I walked out of the cinema saying I could watch this again right now. Yeah, and I yeah. got a short attention span. It was that gripping and that good. Yeah. Um, with, with the last Joker, I was like, eh, it was a bit dreary and it didn't have enough kind of going on. Did, did Have you seen Taxi Driver, Robert De Niro? Yes. It's yes. a real slow burn like that. Oh, like, right. I love Taxi Driver. The first time I watched it, it's like, what's all the hype about? And I watched it a few more times and it's the slow kind of de-evolution of a man, uh, like a man kind of breaking down mentally. And it's the exact same thing with uh, the new Joker movie. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, I suppose over time, like they'll keep evolving a lot of these villains and comic book superheroes and and all that jazz like superhero films these days tend to be like how westerns were you know how there's like a phase where like cinema kind of goes through these different phases where they focus on you know there was the whole 90s action with arnie and sly and stuff those are the best movies of all time by the way (laughs) and like you know you even had like westerns and stuff i feel kind of like we're in the super Hero, hero. Yeah, well, but, I mean, it seems like every third movie that comes out is follows that. Yeah. Like, I haven't... Because Batman versus Superman, like, puts such a bad taste in my mouth. I'm like, oh, fuck DC. I'm not watching any more DC films. Yeah. And I haven't since... Um, which I is, didn't think it was that bad. Everybody else is like, "This sucks." I well, was like, I thought I thought Ben Affleck was good as Batman, but I thought he was uh, salty. Batman, Batman should be salty. Yeah, yeah. Like I thought it was good, and the fight scenes were good and stuff. But like there was there was just uh, I just didn't like it. And then Dawn of Justice. What is it? The Justice League movie. I was. I didn't watch that. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. I thought it was all right, but I like Wonder. I Wonder think Wonder. I think and think in contrast to what Marvel were doing with all the Avengers films. I mean, I love Infinity War and I love Endgame, man. I I like they always seem to stick the landing like those guys. Oh yeah, like I was so hyped for Endgame. Like I went to the premiere, um, and I was just 
praying that they didn't fuck it up. Eh? I was just like, oh, but they stuck the landing beautifully. I thought it was very, they, very they well. They took done. out one of my favorite characters and I was just like, mm, that hits me so much harder than like, you know, so many other things. But if you see a character that you treasure and, you know, you spend a bunch of time with them on screen, it just, you're like, my heart hurts. Yeah. Because like my missus hadn't seen like the Avengers movies and she was like, why are you so hyped to watch this Endgame movie? I'm like, you don't understand. You don't understand this is the, the previous, Yeah, the previous it's it's a lead up from the other movies, and the previous movie ended on such a cliffhanger. Hmm. And she's like, "Oh, okay." And then obviously, I watched it. I made her watch. I didn't make her watch every single Marvel film because that would have taken in order. Me. Yeah, we're watching it three days before the premiere of <laughs> yeah, yeah. Endgame. But um, before it came out on Blu-ray, like we just watched the the main ones, so a couple of the Iron Iron Man's, the Avengers movies, Civil War, and then obviously we watched Infinity War. And at the end, like when it like you know when everybody. Spoiler tag. <laughs> Half of like the whole crew die. And she was like, oh, now I understand. She's like, man, this must have been hard for you waiting for a year. I'm like, hell yeah. I just wanted to know how it ended. It's like man. watching my puppy die on the big screen, you know? Did you watch that like in cinemas? Like, yeah. I, I, like I, I remember like everyone's like, <gasps> yeah, oh, that's gasp worthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you feel like part of your soul's been ripped out. You spend all this time with these people. Yeah, yeah. There's w- not, there's not actually that many. F- the, the one film I'm hyped to see this year is because I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan. Oh, he's the man. Oh, he yeah. is absolute man. Like Tenet is the one I want to see. I haven't even heard of that. So, um, you should watch the trailer. It's, it's kind of hard to explain, but it, it, I'm wondering if it might actually secretly be a sequel to Inception. Ooh, that'd but be really cool. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know for sure. But um, it's weird because it's got sequences that are, are forward and backward in time at the same time. So like a boat is like on the water, but the waves are going backwards or like they're driving and a car is going backwards at the same time. It's real buzzy, bro. It's like forward and time. It's like Memento. You know how Memento's forward and backwards? Yeah. And then they meet in the middle. It's like that at the same time. It's real buzzy. Nolan's the master of the head fuck movies, man. <laughs> yeah, he is. Like, like Inception was awesome, which tied right into, uh, from the Marvel Universe, Doctor Strange. I thought that was one of the best Marvel movies. Yes, dude. I agree. And the, you know what the best part is? The new Doctor Strange is going to be Mar- Marvel's first horror film. Yes, so to speak. I heard about that. I was just like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. Mm. I'm I'm glad you're down with the Nolan. He makes a long movie, but he makes a damn good one. Yeah, I think like... Um, if I had to give you like my top 10 or even 20 movies, I think a majority of Christopher Nolan films would be in there. Like, yeah, like I love Memento, Prestige. Prestige is so good. I've seen that like, I think it's 15 underrated. times. I think it's underrated. Every time I watch that movie, like I spot something that I didn't before. Hmm. Yeah. Fight Club's the same way. Yeah. Know, even though he didn't do it, but there's all these little kind of hints and clues that yeah, yeah. You catch on later on. I found that recently with um, Shutter Island as well. That was another one I watched again recently. I need to watch that again. Yeah, yeah. Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Was that him who did that? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah. I haven't watched Irishman yet. I think it's the three hour running time that's. Like, I made it about two and some two and a half hours into it, and I was just like, eh. But. I probably just need to give it another fair. Sometimes, crack. sometimes though, like you have to be in the right mindset to watch some of these films. Like yeah. I, I think, if if I went in watching Inception with just like uh, a shut off movie like Fast and Furious or something, I think like because if you go for a bathroom break in Inception, you'll come back and you'll be like, "What the hell's going on?" Yeah, I have no idea what's going on right now. Like my, I went with my brother and he fell asleep like partway through it and then he woke up at the end. Yeah, just and then everyone it. was like, oh, at the end with the, the <laughs> spinny the, top the spinny top thing. And he's like, what? What what happened? I, I, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just watch the film again, bro. I'm not going to explain it to you. 
if you ever want a really good movie to watch, it's not like a, you know, Fast and the Furious, but it's a mind-expanding movie. There's a movie called Waking Life. Have you heard of it? No. Okay. Um, it's it's basically about 15 or 20 people. It just follows them around and um, during the movie, and they just explain their philosophies on life. It doesn't it doesn't sound amazing or anything, but oh my god. They, um, it's basically people's interpretation of what makes life meaningful, um, the, the things that drive them and keep going. But it's all rotoscopes, so they filmed it live action and drew over it. So things can kind of trans, trans uh, like morph into different things. They'll be talking about, you know, are you, are you awake right now or are you dreaming? The only way to know is um, because you'll look at the clock and, you know, the number, numbers will get jumbled and stuff like that. And then it starts happening on the screen and things. This people, is it on Netflix? Uh, no, no, no. But it's, it, it, in my opinion, one of the, m you'll walk away a better person for that. Yeah. Because you'll learn so much about, you know, people's different e experiences in life. Like, being human is so weird because, you know, there's so many different, different facets that we only focus on such a narrow part that's right in front of us. And there, there's a guy in there. It's one of the most poignant scenes. I'm, it's not going to ruin the movie. But he's just talking about it. It's like, you know, what's the purpose of life? You know, uh, we're just we're just all walking towards the future, but we don't know where we're going. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all theory and no action. I have all this, you know, all, all this passion about something, but I don't know what to do. And so he's, he's sitting there and talking to the camera guy, and he's filling up a gas can while he's talking. And he's like, you know, so I can do the only thing I can do. And that's this. And he just pours the gas on himself and lights him on fire right there. I was just like, oh, my God. But that, that's just one of the many stories kind of involved in here. But it, it's that kind of stuff. And you listen to it and you're like, holy shit, there's so many people that have so many different viewpoints. And this is just a, just a little glimpse of some other things. Yeah, yeah. And what's, w it called? what's it called? Waking Life. Waking Life. Okay. All right. Don't watch it if you're stoned. It'll fuck with you. I, I haven't watched it stoned and I don't wish to. <laughs> But it's a great movie. Okay. I'll definitely watch it. I'll convince um, my missus to watch it too. I am watching a lot more movies these days. I don't really watch television series or anything anymore because time, you know, you have to invest a lot of time into like television. Most television's trash anyway. Yeah, well, even some of those Netflix seasons and stuff. I think the last one I watched was Black Mirror, um, which was cool. I did love Black Mirror. I only saw one episode. Was that the one with the fucking pig? No. Okay, that's good. Fucking pig. Yeah, so the very first episode, the Prime Minister of the UK has to fuck a pig. Fornicate with swine? Yeah, yeah. But like, it's, it's, I, I, for, I imagine for a lot of people that watch that and be like, what the hell is this show? Why am I watching this? <laughs> you know, but the, the rest of the episodes are very different. Like, every episode is different. Like, mm. some of them are really twisted, man. Because aren't they all based in the future of future scenarios? It's kind of based around technology mm -hmm. or future technology. And some of it, uh, it's quite scary. So I'll give you an example. So I remember seeing uh, the one that I saw. It basically, it was people like survived on Facebook likes or something like yes, that. Yes, that yeah. was the one I was going to tell you about. And that was before China implemented their social credit system. Really? Which they now have. Yeah. So like it makes me think, I'm like, okay, some of this technology is going to become a reality. Yeah. Like one of my favorite ones is they have this thing, like you have it inside your head and it's like your brain, what you see that's like stored permanently. It's like your brain is a hard drive. Mm -hmm. And so everything you see, you can go back and watch it. Was that like Minority Report? Maybe I'm... I'm like similar. I suppose you could say it's like that. But like anyway, in this episode, this guy 
you know, he, he thinks his missus is having an affair or something. So, like, he uses, like, memories to, like, try and be a detective and, and like... Is he successful in finding out what happens? I don't want to ruin it for you, bro. Just just, just watch that one episode if you can. All right. Send me a link or something to yeah, that yeah. one after this. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's, it's good. It's good. Have you got Netflix? Yeah. 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 And chill. Netflix and chill. Chill for you. <laughs> yeah, most of the stuff I end up watching on TV, like, I'm, I'm a dude that, like, goes 100%, and as soon as I get a chance to sit on the couch and watch something and calm down, I'll just, like, straight up fall asleep. So, have, watching a movie, it needs to be really, really captivating. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully that's like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's um, pretty good. Some of them, are, like, some of those episodes can be slow, and some of them are just, like, why in the hell did I watch this? Like, I'm going to have some Opening up. beverage in three Two, one. one. Oh, that was a little premature. Yeah. Story of my life. That's all right. Yeah. He's just drinking V for those who are listening. Delicious to V made in New Zealand contains. Well, it's not made in China. Yes. Uh, it contains sugar, not high fructose corn syrup. That's good. Yeah. Do you have any allergies? Are you allergic to anything? Whack wrappers. Uh, that's all right uh, I, I have the same i have the same allergy yeah man it's quite common with old folks like us uh, yeah, uh, no no serious allergies no 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 but what do you like to kevin posey though wouldn't yeah yeah he was amazing man yeah yeah he was like yeah it, it's nice to see some other dudes doing you know art that i appreciate and you know because i don't think his name's out there very much at the moment no i don't i, I, I did don't. see him performing he was performing on stage with um Mazbu Q in like a big festival. I was like, that's awesome. He needs to get some recognition because I, I think, think I think him being associated with Mazbu Q, aka Unchained XL. Yes, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like I still prefer Unchained XL as a name. That's a good name. Yeah, yeah. I'm gutted he changed it, but hey, it is what it is. But like, yeah, like I think being associated with him will raise his profile. I'm not sure how long he's been in New Zealand actually, but like I really enjoyed my chat with him. Like you know how. There's that stereotype, and this is my fault, but, you know, like, you watch too many movies and you meet. And, like, when I was in Seattle, like, the African-Americans I met were very different to the, the ones that I met, well, like, from Kevin Posey. Mm -hmm. Because he's so, he's very soft-spoken. He's, like, super, super nice. He's like, hey, man. Yo, he's I'm, he's I'm, just a I'm chill Kim, dude. Yeah, hey, man, I'm Kevin Posey, yo. I Were really, you expecting I, a caricature? No, but you know how like you spit like, "Yo, man, what's up?" You know, I'm Kim Posey. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, but he, he wasn't like that. He was just like real, like he's smooth. Like I think that's the the vibe I got him. No, he's really soft spoken, a very very laid back, chill kind of dude. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. even even having him on the show because that was the first time I met him, right? Mm. So I think I had the the wrong expectations because I met him and he was like, "Hey, man." What do you expect, um, Chris Tucker from Friday or something? I don't know what. I, to be honest, I don't know what I was expecting. But like, I just, I suppose I wasn't expecting like someone with like such a like s to be soft spoken and stuff. Mm. But he was just like, "Yo, he's hey. really articulate and he makes amazing music and he seems like a nice guy." So that's... he's a super nice guy, man. Yeah. I got nothing but love for him, honestly. Like, he just he just messaged me today, like, oh, he sent because he doesn't he doesn't usually message me. He uses sends me like voice messages via Facebook. He'd be like, hey, man, yo, it's good seeing you. I, <laughs> I like, could listen to his voice. I could listen to his yeah, voice sending me messages. It's smooth, man. Yeah, yeah. He really likes Pharrell. That's like his biggest influence. Yeah, but he's, he's like, he, he could do so many things. Like for a lot of people that don't know, I mean, I've done a podcast with him. So if you don't know what the hell we're talking about, then. Watch that episode. Yeah, yeah. He's so, a cool dude. Yeah, he is a cool dude. But like he's, he's, he scores film. He scores games. He does hip hop. He does jazz. 
He's a singer. He raps. And he's a mean freestyler too, bro. Really? Like, yeah, like the 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 bit that he did at the end of my show, he freestyled that. He did like three versions of it and everyone was different. Like, Really? Yeah, and he just made stuff up on the spot. I was just like, bro. That's awesome. This guy is so talented, man. Yeah, so like I, I got nothing but love for that guy, man. I wish him all the best, eh? Definitely. I'd like to see That's him. That's why it's uh, cool seeing some, him. Yeah. Uh, next time I see a show that he's performing at, I'll do my best to swoop out and yeah, go there. Yeah, I was I was pretty disappointed with the sound person at that gig, to be honest. Yeah? Yeah. Like, because I, I, I'm not sure. Like, I had to yell during my set because, like, I couldn't. I couldn't hear. And that's why, I'm like, towards back. the end, I was, like, losing my voice. One of your boys came up to me afterwards. He's like, yo, man. Because I think he's, he's like, yo, man. Because the, the New Zealand choppers where I rap, like, real fast. Yeah. And he was like, yo, that was so dope. And, like, I had lost my voice. I'm like, thanks, man. That's so, so dope. <laughs> yeah, my voice went down about an octave after that show as well. Yeah, like, I... I, I was talking like this for the whole night. Was, uh, like, that's why right after my set, I went and got water. I was like, water. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't even go to my missus. I was just like, nah, water. Because <laughs> it was fried. Um, I, because we were talking the other day and about sound guys and shows. And I think the last time you had me on, we're talking about, you know, a bad sound guy can ruin a whole show. Here's just a little funny little story, which, um, just popped into my head the other day. Now I performed out in a place called Fairbanks, Alaska, which is like a good four or five hour drive from Anchorage, which is like the big city. And yeah. there's only like 50,000 people there, like five Oh. And you know, there's not that much going on as far as the music scene. So they got like a, a bunch of groups from Anchorage where I was from. And we all kind of traveled up there and did this kind of like mini sort of one-stop tour, I guess. You know, we, we all got up there and did our thing. Now, the night before I arrived in um, – or the night before the show, we stayed the night in Fairbanks. I get up there and we go to the strip club, okay? Okay. And I go in there and, you know, I'm getting loose, you know, having a good time, drinking way too much and just, you know, just being obnoxious and all that. I have a big mouth on me for being a little dude after I've had a lot to drink. So I'm out in the parking lot and I see this. He was a shorter guy, but he was stocky as hell. Like Bart Crooks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like him, but a lot older and a bit more, a uh, bit more beef on him. And I don't know what started it, but I just started like cussing him out in the uh the parking lot afterwards i was like i was just i wasn't being very nice to him anyways i have a semi-recognizable face so i show up the next night to this show guess who the sound guy is oh it was him it was him so i i was like oh my god how am i gonna do this so i actually got up on stage and before I even performed. I said, oh, here's a little funny anecdote from last night and told him, you know, basically I went out to a strip club, was leaving and was being an asshole to this dude in the parking lot. Lo and behold, during my set, guess whose microphone cut out multiple times? <laughs> yeah, happened to me. Yeah. So, yeah. Moral of the story is, don't fuck with the sound guy. He, he basically had a shirt that said that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Don't fuck with the sound guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, you shouldn't, man. You yeah. shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. So if I ever go back to Fairbanks and he manages to uh, mix sound for me again, please let my microphone... I'll maybe just give him a hug, bro. And be like, hey, yeah. bro. No, because I fully apologized to him. I was like, dude, I am so sorry. You know, you know, I was just acting a fool. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, just every 30 seconds, my mic would cut out. I was just like, oh, man. So what's the moral of that story? Don't be a dick. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's the power of sound, guys, eh? Yeah. And the thing is, because I used to do sound as well, so I get a little pissed off when if I'm performing because I'm like, you're doing this wrong. You should be putting the vocals up more. Mm. I should have more in my... F but the, the when we did sound check, it was okay. 
But then we went to perform. Maybe there was just so many people that messed up the whole sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, all, all 10 of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I yeah. will say to the 10 people that came through, that meant the world to me. Yeah. And they were awesome too. They yeah. were very, that, very It's a massive amount of support. I wish there was more people out there doing that, but that meant the world to me. I mean, there's nothing sadder than performing to an empty venue. And yeah. I've done that so many times. Before. I've done that a few times as well. Yeah. And it's like the worst. It's the worst. It's just it's, like, it's a humbling so. experience though, and I'm I'm still kind of recovering from that in the last two days because I had this, you know, music is this one thing that I put so much time into and so much effort, and it means the world to me. And I'm just hoping to share that with people, you know. And I'm I'm broke all the time, but I put my mo own money into you know get get it up on Spotify, and I put my own money into getting the posters printed, and my time to handle the promotion aspects and stuff like that. And I get out there and there's not the turnout I was expecting. I take that as like a huge blow to my ego. It's like, I deserve better than this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But I, it's like, I, I don't want to come across cocky and saying, oh, you know, I know my music's good. I know everybody here, they have really good music. It deserves more than this. Yeah, it deserves more attention. I think it's just... Yeah, let's just blame Corona, bro. I to will. the end of time, we will blame the coronavirus. Even when this coronavirus is all done with, we can look back on this in 10 years and still be like, fuck the coronavirus, man. Yeah, fully, dude. Yeah, yeah. My missus is like, you didn't do the dishes. Sorry, coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> You've been late eight times <laughs> this coronavirus. <laughs> coronavirus, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's good to be prepared, though. But I'm... Um, uh, like a lot of my friends wouldn't come to the gig like, no, we're not coming to Auckland coronavirus. I'm like, oh God. I'm like, there's one point, what? 7 million people in Auckland. Yeah. You could probably lick a million people in China, you know, and still walk away. Okay. And still walk away. Okay. Yeah. I think you'll be okay if you come to Auckland. Yeah. Next minute I stop the podcasts because I'm sorry, I have to self-isolate for 14 <laughs> days. <laughs> I think that would be really fun as an artist is to have 14 days isolated i think that would be such a cool thing to be honest dude if if i actually had to self-isolate for 14 days i think i'd be okay yeah because i could just chill in the studio like i could probably get back to making music or doing beats i could write rhymes like should, should we go actively find coronavirus and just get <laughs> ourselves well how do you actively find it you'd have to like i don't even know who the people the individuals are that have it i mean we can find it, I'm sure. Oh yeah, you go. Well, let's look for the uh, look for like "fu coronavirus" like spray paint on somebody's wall, and then go in that house and give them a big hug and say, "I feel your pain, bro." Yeah, and I'm gonna get the virus from you. Yeah, but um, I think you know uh, how Jacinda handles this will depend on whether she is reelected or not. Mm. I think it's, I think people have pain because people have short memories too, so they're only going to remember the coronavirus because obviously election is in September. So they're going to be like, uh, that's the know. hot topic. Yeah. I, so this, I appeared on this Canadian podcast and, um, this guy, he reached out to me recently and he was asking me for some help on a few things. And, um, he was like, Oh, I tried to get Jacinda. I tried to get this Jacinda Ardern on my show, but she only does domestic, um, podcasts. She's like, and he's like, Oh, you should get her on. And I said, well, I have tried to get her on, but she's ridiculously busy with elections and also coronavirus. So like yeah, she has her no, hands full. Yeah, has no free time. And he's like, oh, she's going to win the election easy. And I'm like, dude, you don't live in New Zealand, so don't presume like you know everything. I mean, there's a lot of people that do not like her. There's a lot of people that love her, 
but like internationally she's recognized oh as, yeah like uh, for what she is like she's, an, an icon of peace or something like yeah. yeah she's like the mother Teresa of politics or something yeah um but like, i wouldn't go that far <laughs> but you know people you, do you have that view of her. Yeah. yeah 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 but what i mean is like a lot of people love her mm. pretty much and it's good like people don't understand that actually our international image is very very important like it can help in terms of trade and and a number of other things, right? It's nice that that even just gets New Zealand on the map because usually it's just this thing below Australia that nobody in the rest of the world pays much attention to. Yeah. But Jacinda's actually brought a lot of attention our way, and most of it's been for the better with her. Yeah. Which is yeah. super cool because particularly in tourism as well. You know, hmm. I'm not sure if you watched that Stephen Colbert piece that he did on us. No. So I think uh, tourism New Zealand. I think they spent. I got to get this right. Eighty thousand dollars. Don't quote me on that. Um, on marketing. So Stephen Colbert came to New Zealand and did a whole bunch of like, you know, um, these little marketing pieces for New Zealand. Well, like him petting a sheep or something? No, no, no. So the first episode, he spent the day with Jacinda mm -hmm. and it was brilliantly done. Like they made Jacinda out like to be awesome, you know, which which I'm sure she is, you know. Even if you don't agree with her politics, I think as a person, you can tell she, she's a very nice person. Yeah. Um, and then I think the second episode, what was it on? Um, I can't remember. Oh, he was in Wellington, I think, and he and they showed him around Wellington. I think the third episode was rugby. He went and played rugby, and then the fourth one, he met with Peter Jackson and he did the skit like his own version of Lord of the Rings. It was bloody brilliant. I'm gonna I watch this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send you the links. And then the the last one was him just exploring like the South Island, and then he did bungee jumping and stuff. But in terms of the marketing. Like, people were complaining, like, oh, $80,000 of tax is wasted. I'm That's like, nothing. I'm like, dude, he has, like, a 5 million, like, you know, um, in terms of followers. Audience base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if not more, yeah. you know, it's like, it's money well spent. And, and I think even um, Tourism New Zealand said there was, like, a huge surge and people wanting to visit New Zealand. Obviously, probably the coronavirus has fucked that up for us now. But, but uh, if anybody wants to buy plane tickets, they're real cheap right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, I saw some domestic flights. Like, I was thinking of going to Queenstown later in the year. Um, do it. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I do want to go. Like, because you know how I do those drone videos? Yeah, those are amazing. Yeah, I yeah, at the beginning of my um, podcasts. Um, I couldn't think of a better place to do it than yeah, yeah. Queenstown. Well, there's a lot of places I'd like to shoot, but the thing is with... um. The Civil Aviation Authority, there's a lot of places they let you know allowed to fly. Yeah. So, no I either, I, so I either have to get like drone operators to hook me up with their footage, like professional ones. Like I could get a license, but I think that's like five grand. Yeesh. And I'm like, uh, nah. The drone already costs two grand. How much are you going to milk me for? Yeah. So, um, so we're just kind of keeping an eye out. But like, obviously I won't be going overseas anytime this year. Uh, me and my partner. Why not? What? Me and my partner. Not because of coronavirus. What's that? Not because of coronavirus. Well, possibly. Not because we're scared of the coronavirus, but if you fly somewhere and then they decide to like ban all flights. Yeah, it would kind of suck and if then you're stuck in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, you're stuck like, you know, let's say like if we wanted to go to India and we fly via Singapore and obviously Singapore has had quite a few cases mm. and then they just stop flights in Singapore. You're like, oh, damn, what am I going to do now? Yeah, you're yeah. trapped there and you're like, oh, okay, cool. What do you do? Just live in the airport? They made a movie about that with Tom Terminal. Hanks. Terminal. Yeah. yeah, and he was stuck there. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a good movie. A lot of people yeah, yeah. saw it. I'd have to learn Russian. Yeah. <laughs> the Terminal, you know. Iloski. I drink vodka, you know. Yes. Yes. Cool, man. I might um, wrap up there unless there's anything else you wanted to cover. 
No, 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 nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing I want to cover. There's a story you wanted to tell. Was that the story you wanted to tell? Yeah, before? yeah, that was the one. Yeah, yeah. I got a couple other ones though. Well, it was uh, one time at a show. I just had my wisdom teeth out like two right. days before, and you're yeah. not really supposed to do much with your mouth in the first couple of days after you get your wisdom teeth out. Yeah, yeah. So I went out there and I was performing. It's really good show and everything. Little did I know, this is me like packed to the gills on Demerol, which is like this hardcore painkiller they gave me. And I was like doing my thing, rapping. Little did I know, somebody spilled a drink on the floor. So I'm rapping. I go, whoop, slip back like a banana peel style, fall flat on my back. Microphone like hits my mouth or whatever. And I continue rapping. Oh, bro. That's how into it I was. I kept going. I think I dusted myself off. I was a little bit hazy for the rest of the night. But, uh, yeah, that was a fun That's one. That's dedication, bro. That's dedication, baby. That's all you need to have in the rap game, man. Yeah. Got to stay dedicated. Cool. All right. Now, if anyone wants to follow you, what's the best way of them doing that? Uh, best way to follow me, find me on Facebook, Dr. Period Hayden, Dr. Hayden. Um, not an actual period. No, it's no, not a lady. No, not yet. I feel like I'm manstreeting though. I'm well, like, hey, if you want a trans, trans, got to keep them off. Change over. Yeah, become a trans. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you can find me on uh, Facebook, Doctor Hayden. Um, if you want to listen to the music, which I highly recommend you do, um, check out Doctor Hayden on Spotify. My latest album is called Autopsy. There's a lot of cool, dark stuff on there. Hopefully you guys enjoy it, because I do this for myself, but I hope other people can resonate with it. So yeah. che- and check me out. Listen to one or two songs. See if you, see if you like it or not. Um, send me a message. You know, I always appreciate any fan mail I can get. Um, he does. He does. And I'm on there. Yes, yes. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. It's probably the, it's the last song I've ever written. Really? Yeah, I haven't written anything since that song. It's solid, though. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you, that could be valuable. And there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. So um, before we wrap up, Doctor Hayden is going to spit a verse. You know, he came through last time and spit one of the best verses, top five, I reckon, Ooh, on the entire I'll show. I'll take that. Thank yep, you. Top five on the entire show. Um, yeah. So we'll see if you enjoy this one too. Cool. Yeah. Big shout out to Reese for having me on the uh, podcast again. Thanks for everybody for listening. Yeah. Angels and demon blood cross and attest to Born agnostic, build a god to confess to Molest you with the same hand that blessed you My heart is bleeding till the cardiac arrest do Distress signals, intercepting minor doubts And Tom Apollo hung himself from Orion's bout The hourglass last grain is the final count Pouring bleach in the gene pool and climbing out A burning furnace in this turned circus Disconcerting, darting eyes and whispers make a person nervous My words are earnest, though I had to earn this Stay observant, completed purpose when you learn the verdict Obsessive thoughts are a symptom of condition Unearth the mastodon it, make it listen to remission With the gift of vision, the walking dead question if he's living Choose a handful of crumbs of some ammunition Falling from the sky, terminal velocity Death is certain, uh, life ain't gotta be So I'm landing in the web just to break my fall Landing in the web just to break when I'm falling from the sky Terminal velocity, death is certain, uh, life ain't gotta be. So I'm landing in the web just to break my fall Landing in the web just to break 
headspace change like the waves in the tide Need another picture for this frame of my mind Dive deep, questing for an answer Waiting patiently, death is a dream But forsaken the awakening Eyes on the clock, watch time accelerate Ascending memories, thoughts must elevate Can I ascertain if reality exists When reflections in the mirror keep challenging my fist Who is this? Temples broken down like an enzyme Words are a parachute right till my pen's dry No, my dendrites don't light right Break with the shoes on the tides of my life Dig a trench in the sand, exile an island Voices in my head just defile the silence Shoot flares in the sky for a call sign Viewed from a tower that we built on a fault line Falling from the sky, terminal velocity Dead to certain, uh, life ain't gonna be So I'm landing in the web just to break my fall Landing in the web just to break when I'm falling from the sky Terminal velocity, death to certain, uh, life ain't gonna be So I'm landing in the web just to break my fall Landing in the web just to break Yeah, that is the show everyone Make sure you share, like and subscribe And until next time, stay safe Peace